Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So in this idea of will Trump come to the next debate, if he feels that he could be in political trouble, his lead shrinking, he might show up. That's possible. I don't think people who are hardcore Trump supporters think that that's going to be the case, though. Not attending the debates has not hurt him. And I'm not sure if it's going to hurt him in the future. But let me share with you a couple of things in some polling and anecdotal data. Just so we all know what's out there. Not that it gives us any level of uh, certitude to an action. But I think it's important that we don't live within uh, our theoretical bias, but rather we, or our own theories, our own bias, rather we live in reality. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-468-8669, 833-GOT-TONY. There is polling out there that shows Biden losing to Trump in a series of battleground states. In the same world, there is a piece of polling from Marquette, as Guy Benson posted. It tests hypothetical 2024 presidential matchups in the state of Wisconsin. In multiple multiple battleground fights per the polling Trump beats Biden five out of six Wisconsin is a state that he doesn't if you manipulate the data a little bit it's four out of six DeSantis is four out of six Nikki Haley is six out of six Nikki Haley beats Joe Biden and everything done and that has gone on now uh, for, for a couple of different polls according to this Marquette poll If you were to match up Biden and Trump right now, Biden 50, Trump 48. This is the state of Wisconsin. If you match up Biden and DeSantis, DeSantis 50, Biden 48. DeSantis beats Biden in Wisconsin. If you match up Haley and Biden, Haley 53, Biden 44. the chorus of people looking to replace Biden on the ticket is growing. You're, you're fully aware of that. Do I believe anyone poll? Of course not. Of course not. You show me polling that shows Trump ahead of Biden in battleground states. I'll say to you, oh, you show me polling with Trump behind in a battleground state. I'll say, oh, the numbers right now show Trump significantly ahead. I said he gets into a debate if he feels that shrinking. And I think he has still avoided the debates because of what it might do to the legal side, which is, of course, an issue. Doesn't matter that so much of this is designed as election interference. I think not showing up is could be a piece of not having to. Right? Why do I have to show up? These people, they're, they're nothing. 
And yes, they had a debate last night. They didn't even try. They were answering the questions. It's not that they didn't have good answers. It's not that they weren't engaged well. They forgot who they're running against. They thought that they've already got the nomination. You got to go get the nomination. And you got to knock off that giant elephant in the room. And they didn't even mention his name. It was super weird. But I've now got things for and I've got things against. And in both cases, I have Haley outperforming Trump massively in the head-to-heads. Ah, believe it, don't believe the polls, that's fine. But then there was this. This was after the debate last night in Iowa. They did a little focus group there at NBC. I thought this was an interesting, interesting group of people. The host walks up to this woman. You two, we talked earlier and you came in, you said you were leaning Donald Trump. What are you thinking right now? Well, probably still. However, um, as I've been telling you and other people, there's a lot that still could happen. Now, you have been around many a Trump supporter. So have I. Dear friends, we disagree about the electability point. If he's the nominee, we're voting for him. They think that he can be elected in, in all 50 states. I don't see it that way. That, that's fine. That is, that is fine. And, I, and, and, and I'm still trying to make my case to them, uh, them to me. I, 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 I'm not in any way persuaded. Does that sound like somebody who is hard and fast for Donald Trump? The answer is no. You're right. It's just one person. And she just said anything could happen. Um, And I don't mean bad things, just things that could maybe happen that um, who knows. Um, So my allegiance is still with Donald Trump. But I really like the way that Ron DeSantis came out, I think, much stronger in this debate than he did in the first one. I liked his answers that were very direct. They were very understandable. I liked that his military background came out. Um, I still um, swing back to Donald Trump, who kept peace for four years, and he was very, very strong in keeping the peace. I like that. Um, I think that Ron DeSantis could actually do the same thing for us. She sounds like somebody who's trying to convince herself that, yeah, he could do it. Trying to get herself into a place where it's okay. That's what she sounds like. The The host then uh, jumps back in and decides to ask the crowd a question. No show of hands. We're in Iowa. These are the voters who are going to get to have their say first. Tell me, who do, do you think for the next debate, should Donald Trump be on the stage? Raise your hand if he, you think he should be on stage. 40 people in the room, 39 people raise their hands. Never mind the polling. Never mind the legal. Do the people care if Trump's on the stage? I got to think that they do. The problem is what they care about might be very different person to person. I would like to hear what the conversations are like. Other people are there for the car wreck. They just want to see everything go boom. And it didn't do the, 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 the Democrats any good yesterday when you had a 
for the most part, civil debate about serious subjects that no Democrat would be caught dead talking about. Not a one. Oh, the military, Israel and anti-Semitism, the economy. No, 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 no. Uh, all you're going to hear from the left is about extreme MAGA Republicans. I mean, that's, that's, that's all they know how to do. I don't know if this is the start of a turn that somehow pushes or forces Trump's hand. I can't imagine the society in where Trump's hand is actually uh, forced. I can't, actually. I don't think he operates that way. But I do pay attention when I see these, these kinds of numbers come up. When I see this play out, I am curious if he makes a move. Meanwhile, the actor strike is over. They seem to have a deal. Do the unions or the union and uh, the uh, studios a three-year contract? It is going. It has to be approved by the members. Leadership uh, declaring that the strike is over. It was 120 some odd days, longest strike ever for film and television actors. It's going to get them a part of the streaming as residuals. I don't know if it's going to mean any better shows. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. But this is done. And I got to assume that uh, the studios are happy. I got to assume that these actors who've been out of work are happy. And they'll go back to making some woke sequel that nobody's going to watch. I assume. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. I'm not going to back down. Communism is evil and democratic socialists are liars. People on social media telling me I don't know anything about communism or socialism because it's nothing. If the Democrats aren't really socialists, oh, and, I, and communists hate the... I, I, I have weird people on my social media. Just for the record, I have spoken often and in depth about the horrors of communism and the fraud of the so-called democratic socialists. I stand by my words. I'm right. Communism is evil. Democratic socialists are liars. That's, that's just the way it is. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. I am not going to sit here and argue with these despicable frauds who have, ever, who have never inspired anything except a prayer for a quick and painless death. Forget them. The democratic socialists have never created anything. All they want to do is butcher what you have. And communists can't create anything because the system is not built for creation. The democratic socialists believe in eat the rich. This is not a welcoming slogan. You can't say eat the rich and then say, welcome to my home. Can I get you a cupcake? It doesn't work like that. You can't do that. It's not the way any of this works. 
just for just for clarity. <laughs> uh, did I say hello? Tony Katz, that's me. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Uh, Country Music Awards. They were yesterday. Producer Jason knows all about that. He, he plays all around central Indiana. He, he, he sings. I don't know if there's some dancing involved. The Country Music Awards were yesterday. Is that right? Do I have that accurate? Yeah. Yeah, they were there. And so uh, Tracy Chapman wins. Wins. Song of the Year at the Country Music Awards for a song that I'm pretty sure came out in the 1980s. I'm the world is super strange. You get a fast car. I want a ticket to anywhere. Maybe we make a deal. Maybe together we can get somewhere. Any place is better. Starting from zero, got nothing to lose. Maybe we'll make something. Me, myself, I got nothing to prove. I listen to this song as a kid all the time. All the time. And then, I, sometime in the last year, uh, country star Luke Combs decides, you know what? That needs to be a cover. Admittedly, it's a, it's a, it's an it's an inspired choice to do as as a cover, uh, and now it, it it won. I I, I find that super super weird. Song of the year, and I what was Tracy Chapman doing that she couldn't be at the show? There was a statement, I'm sorry I couldn't join you all tonight. It's truly an honor for my song to be newly recognized after 35 years of its debut. Wow, thank you to the CMAs and a special thanks to Luke, uh, meaning Luke Combs, and to all the fans of Fast Car. What was she doing? The, the song, don't get me wrong, if you're a Gen Xer, that song was there. That song was was ever-present. Uh, but it's it's been a, it's been a tick. It's been a hot minute since uh, you've uh, thought of the name uh, Tracy Chapman. So my question is, if she's winning this thing, what in the world was she doing that she was so busy that she couldn't be there? That blow that blows my mind. You would think that. It's a pretty good place to be. Maybe I'll say thank you to, the, to, these, to these country music folk. That'll be the thing to do. I, I think it's interesting what 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 hits, what songs hit. Speaking of hitting, Gal Gadot, the actress, she plays Wonder Woman, did a screening. Of all of the body cam footage that was gathered together of the Hamas attack on Israel. 
it's it's pretty repugnant stuff. And so she gets this and she's going to do a screening of this in Los Angeles. I kid you not at the Museum of Tolerance. So what happens? A fight. The pro-Palestinian protesters show up. They start a fight. There's kicking. There's punching. Pepper spray has to be used by the police. Because they didn't want video of what it is Hamas did to be to be shown. Now, I, I'm going to get into some some other parts of the, this conversation. But it's this this at this moment we're no longer talking about what took place in Israel. We're talking about what's taking place here, which is the idea of whether or not things can be shared, things can be discussed, and you take a look at this constant activity from the Antifa types, the Black Lives Matter types, and now this. Anything that they disapprove of must be violently shut down. Remember, they murdered a guy in Los Angeles. They murdered Paul Kessler in Los Angeles. They've attacked other people around the country. That you find it objectionable, well, that's because, uh, well, they don't even care. If they find it objectionable, they believe they have the right through violence to shut it down. They are convinced of this. And they do it everywhere. And you know who uh, who calls them out? No one. No one. No one says a word. And that's why, you know, we, we talk about why this was such a big part of, of the debate. That part mattered. Because that's the moral clarity part. And we're taking a look at... Um, college campuses we're talking about administrators who are cowards college presidents getting smacked around by the the candidates yesterday i thought that was great uh these people are cowards they're afraid of their professors and they're afraid of the students as opposed to showing the students there's a there's a this this is smarter remember these students are adults but still clearly need guidance and you're not willing to share that you're not willing to show that gal gadot is engaging in in a a free speech conversation. She's going to show these videos. Oh, that's propaganda. No, they're the actual videos of what happened. Nope, can't allow that act of violence. Can't allow Riley Gaines to speak on a college campus. Act of violence. We're, We're clear about the fact that campuses are failures. And these presidents who think that they're uh, somehow good and decent people are not, I would say uh, they're, you know, on their best day, amoral, when I think clearly we can argue they're immoral. You don't like something, who cares? They don't like something, they believe they have the physical right to shut it down. Uh, Give me uh, what it is that uh, Gal Gadot had, and I'll do a screening right here in Indianapolis. Because some other side's going to get violent, can't stop you. Why would you let it? And you realize that this isn't about, again, this isn't about Israel and, and about Jews. This is about us and society and moral rot. And how we have to be more focused in that fight with our own children and our own friends and our own family and our own spheres of influence. It's necessary. And now we can discuss Israel's existence.
This is Tony Katz today. Can you speak a little bit to the position that President Biden is in right now? You you hear how resolute even this former Israeli prime minister is. And yet there are a couple of different realities happening at the same time. How to navigate? Well, it's hard because if you look at what's happening at the University of Pennsylvania and other Ivy League schools where you have Palestinians running rampant and sounding like the only message from those universities, including from the president's office, that's who you seem to be hearing from. But uh, there's a big difference between what's happening in the Mideast right now and the end of Germany in World War II and the end of Japan in World War II. When Hitler was killed, when Tojo was executed, the, the war was over. There was no more Japanese people trying to fight us. There was no more people who wanted to get us. They wanted to learn baseball. Come on. And the Germans wanted to join the West. That's what happened. In the Mideast, the cause of the Palestinians is different than Hamas, and it's bigger. When If, if Israel wins this war, if they find everybody with a, 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 a trigger finger shooting missiles or anything at Israel, if they get rid of all those people, if they find every intelligence route they can get to and kill all those people or arrest them, if they do all that, there will still be a Palestinian cause. This is not wrong from Chris Matthews, who, by the way, got old. Holy cow. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's going to happen to all of us. I don't know why I'm saying holy cow. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Uh, never mind the, the sophomoric level of questioning from, from Mika Brzezinski. And, and I say that maybe giving her too much credit. Uh, this is true. That when you are understanding... Hamas, and and he's saying Palestinians, we're discussing Hamas here, that these people and their sympathizers will never quit. This is why it is so imperative to understand that when people are saying they're pro-Palestinian, no, 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 no. You're talking about being pro-Hamas. You either want to put an end to terrorism or you want Jews dead. These are your options. This is binary. You either think Jews can survive or you don't think they should be able to survive. And if you think they are able to survive, which, uh, by the way, I I do, uh, what, just being one of them, then you have to put an end to the terrorist regimes and those who support them. I can't do away with the despicable nature of university students across the country, the professors, the administration. But you can ensure you're willing to take proactive steps if you are Israel every step of the way for forever because that's what we're dealing with here. Back to Chris Matthews. The Palestinians are equal number to the Israelis in that part of the world, in the Holy Land. They have to have a home. You have to give them a home where they have no place to go. And that's the situation. It's not like VE Day or VJ Day. But those announces are ridiculous. It's about the Palestinian people today and tomorrow and 20 and 30, 50 years from now. Where are they going to go? And as long as you got settlers piling into the, into, into the, uh, the Judean Samaria, as the, as the Likud block calls it, it's, it's not going to happen. As long as Bibi Netanyahu continues to support all those settlements, it's not going to happen. As long as he has a, a block, which includes in its heart the settler community, it's not going to happen. This is the problem we face as Americans. Yeah. 
hold on. Just when you think he has it, he doesn't. The issue here is Israel is the impediment. Israel is the roadblock. Netanyahu has no heart. The Palestinians should be pointing out where Hamas is. Here they are. Here they are. Get them right there. That's not necessarily happening. Although it is obvious that the people of Gaza have no interest in Hamas. They live a crap life. If if Rashida Tlaib, that Jew hater, was serious about creating a better life for Palestinians, then that Jew hater, Rashida Tlaib, would be saying, let's go get Hamas. Instead, she chants from the river to the sea, and Chris Hayes, another MSNBC, uh, uh, accommodate and associate with the Jew hater, haters, is like, well, what do you mean by that? I want you to explain, like, what you mean by it and why you used it or why you included it in the video. We're talking about from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which is a call to genocide. And he has Rashida Tlaib, the leader of the Jew haters in Congress, uh, or I should say of the Democratic Party, on TV to say, what do you mean by all of that from the river to the sea? Yeah, I mean, look, I'm asking my colleagues, don't distort the words of my residents. Many people in this movement for human rights for Palestinians have always centered around coexistence. Uh, you hear them calling for that uh, and saying that, you know, no matter your faith, your ethnicity, your background, you should be able to live uh, without fear, without discrimination, without this kind of inequality that, you know, Netanyahu's extremist party and his leadership has been pushing. And so for many of my colleagues, they know uh, and deep in their hearts where my heart is. We know where your heart is. Your heart is in a a non-existent Israel and dead Jews. That's where your heart is. It's Netanyahu who is the extremist. You're calling for genocide. You said it proudly. And then you can't believe that people call you out on it. But it's Netanyahu's the issue. It's the settlements that's the issue, Chris Matthews. Holy heck. This is about a a real uh, uh, break within the psyche of the soul. I don't know if I, I don't know if souls have psyches, but let's say they do. A break in the soul and a break in the psyche. Maybe I do have to separate it out. Your argument is, is that that guy's extreme while you're calling for genocide. You're utilizing the terminology and defending the call for genocide. That's you calling for genocide, then claiming the other guy is extreme. That is that is a broken soul. That is knowingly lying. Back to Chris Matthews. Versus Israel. We want a two-state solution. Historically, all our presidents have wanted one, including Biden. Including Biden. He wants one. But he can't tell. I don't think he can tell uh, the prime minister of Israel right now that you've got to have a a statement for that. If you don't give the Palestinians hope, they're going to still look to Hamas. This isn't about giving the Palestinians hope. If you don't give the Palestinians hope, the hope that they should that they have is that Hamas is gone. If you don't if if the idea that if Netanyahu doesn't do X, the Palestinians will still look to the terrorists to destroy Israel is a is this idea that somehow these are our options, these aren't all the options. And the free and thinking people understand that. That even if the people of Gaza 
want everything to stop. It can't stop while Hamas is still there because if Hamas is there, the terrorism against Israel doesn't stop and therefore it can only be stopped through force. So all of these other conversations where there's this blame going here and blame going there, this is pablum. This is what you say when you're, you're, you want a couple minutes on TV, but it isn't reality. If I were to start at a beginning point to make sure we're all on the same page, a way of explaining this, everything, I've, I've actually done this before. We have it on, on the socials. Uh, you can find it over at TonyCats.com. Everything gets better. Everything gets better. When Hamas is gone. Everything gets better. Life is better for the Israelis, undoubtedly. Life is better for the people of Gaza, undoubtedly. Life is better for Americans and the world, undoubtedly. Okay, life is worse for Iran, but screw the Ayatollah and those mullahs. Sorry, there are no solutions. There are only trade-offs. Thomas Sowell had it damn right. For the rational, free, and thinking people of the world, life is better without Hamas. And for those people being oppressed, life is better without Hamas. So why wouldn't we, me and Rashida Tlaib, shoulder to shoulder, why wouldn't we be on the same page? The answer to that question has nothing to do with Benjamin Netanyahu. It just doesn't. The answer to that question has everything to do with the existence of Israel, that it is there, that it survives. If you look to Israel to engage the ceasefire, if you look to Israel to stop doing this, if you blame uh, Benjamin Netanyahu for doing that, and Naftali Bennett, the prime minister before him, if you blame and if you blame and if you blame and if you engage in this radical level of equivocation that Chris Matthews decides to jump into, there is no reason, once you engage that, to say, well, Hamas needs to. No, no, no. You, 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 you blame it all on Israel. If Israel would just stop this, and if Israel wouldn't do that, and if Israel wouldn't do the other, then it would all be done. It would all be over. It would all be finished, except no part of that is true. Hamas told the New York Times that they want the ongoing war, the permanent war for political purposes, the, in the bloody arithmetic of Hamas's leaders, this uh, Hamas uh, to the New York Times, or the New York Times reporting, the carnage is not the regrettable outcome of a big mis- miscalculation. Quite the opposite, they say. It is the necessary cost of a great accomplishment, the shattering of the status quo and the opening of a new, more volatile chapter in their fight against Israel. New paragraph. It was necessary to, quote, change the entire equation and not just have a clash, unquote. That is uh, one of uh, Hamas's top leaders. Uh, I think one of the ones living in Qatar with $11 billion. Oh, yeah, the, 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 the people of Gaza live in squalor and uh, in an open-air prison that Hamas is the warden of and, and created. And the leaders of Hamas have got billions. Quote, we succeeded in putting the Palestinian issue back on the table, and now no one in the region is experiencing calm. They want the destruction of Israel. 
It is not about what Netanyahu does. Because if Netanyahu or anybody who was leading the Israeli uh, government did nothing, they would still want to destroy Israel. This is the plan. This is the goal. This is the desire. This is the want. So what is Chris Matthews talking about? If Rashida Tlaib got shoulder to shoulder with me and said, let's end Hamas, everything would be better. But that isn't what she says. She says, how dare you question me about my desire to bring genocide to Jews? How dare you question when I say from the river to the sea? How dare you censure me for calling for genocide? You're the problem. That is a break. That is a lack of soul. That is a lack of decency, a lack of it all. A lack of it all. But don't forget what we're talking about here. Every time they say, well, if Netanyahu would just, no part of that is true. No part of that is true. The objective is not a level of peace. The objective is not a better tomorrow. The objective is not a better future. The objective, as described by Hamas, as described by Tlaib, is Israel gone. And that means dead Jews. It means what it means. And I don't think we should be so naive as to uh, somehow fall into the pseudo-intellectual trap that if Israel just did this or stopped doing that, everything would be better. I have, I have heard that before. And I have heard it mostly from, uh, from Jews, from leftist Jews who really have no interest in supporting Israel's existence. Thank goodness for Christians out there who do have an interest in supporting supporting Israel's existence. Without them, man, we'd have problems. This is Tony Katz today. Show me your soul, I gotta know. Best that you're beautiful inside. Toes on the glass, car moving fast. Come take the wheel and drive. I don't know what you're thinking, sugar. So the word has gone forth that the new Marvel movie, Marvels, the Marvels, Lady Marvel, I don't, it's going to suck. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Uh, look, this is not surprising when you decided that wokeism was step number one in creating good films as opposed to characters and story. You took a franchise that people loved, a franchise that has done a tremendous amount for movies, unless you're talking to Martin Scorsese, in which case it ruined movies, and you said, let's ruin it. You have not been able to connect with audiences because the message that you want to tell has nothing to do with why people go to the movies or watch these Marvel comics. For some people in the beginning, certainly it was because they read them as kids and they wanted to see how the adaption would go. For some people, it's because they always want to find the little Easter egg, the little hidden thing about what's coming next. But they wanted to see the good guy beat the bad guy. They wanted to see the good guy overcome and maybe some kick-ass special effects aren't so bad. And instead, you gave us buzz-cut Carol Danvers in Endgame and kind of sent us into uh, uh, the, the realm of, oh, this is going to get rough. And then you did Falcon and Winter Snowman, Winter Snowman, Falcon and Winter Soldier that said, yeah, we're serious about the woke. And then you started making movies that just didn't work. Not all of them, but too many of them. And you, that, that 
thing on on Disney Plus, that Marvel's TV show. My my kid wants to watch. So like, all right, I'll watch it with you. I'm I'm awesome, Dad. I'll watch it with you. One episode. This sucks. One episode. I didn't believe the character. Didn't believe the story. Uh, This is not somebody, I don't want to give spoilers. You think this person deserves to have this great responsibility and power? This person's a jerk face. Jerk face. Sorry. Was terrible. That was the word of my kid. I think the part that gets to us is the joy that they have in destroying the franchise for their ideological desires. The joy they had in creating films and, hey, let's throw in a character of this and throw in a character of that and throw in the character of the other. Well, what do they add to the story? Who cares what they add to the story? It's just that we have them. And that they were proud of being insidious about it. That's a weird thing to want to do. And it's this constant reminder of how this, this, this progressive ideology just rots the brain. It does. It, it, it ruins people's souls. Not everything has to be about the thing. I smoke cigars. They're not about politics. They're just about enjoyment. And people want to enjoy the movies. So let them. Just let them, Disney. Marvel forgot its audience. And Marvel now suffers. And will they find their way back? I mean, it's a gigantic multi-billion dollar property, one would assume. But one's never so sure. Bob Iger's got a lot to fix. This is Tony Katz today.